So here's my challenge for the, well, to the, uh, and I, I, I've got his name somewhere in my email. I'll find it. Uh, the, the, it was a guy. I remember that. The guy who won our Air Canada fan flight early in the season. Like, it was right when the season started, right? We gave away the trip for four to Chicago to see the Sens play. Well, that game is tonight. Nice. Now, when the season began, around and thinking, well, Chicago would probably be really stinky, and Ottawa will be okay, and but it's Chicago. It would be a lot. Now... Now, the, the at least four Ottawa fans are going to be at the game tonight. So the mm. challenge, if you guys are listening online right now, as you should be, and as I know that you are, in your hotel room in Chicago, and I hope you had a good night last night on Division Street, and maybe you're not up because you did have a good night, is maybe you get the We Want the Playoffs chant going yeah. tonight at the United Center. How would that go over Simmer in front of what probably is a pretty yeah. small crowd? Well, make sure you have a Sens jersey on because you may get evicted for thinking you're on something if you're a Chicago fan. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think. Now, there's... you wouldn't do that in Philly, okay, but yeah. what about Chicago? Oh, uh, Chicago, pretty friendly. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I, it, it has changed just like a lot of the other buildings here, and I don't think you're going to rile up. There's no big rivalry there, and um, I guess they'd probably just, yeah, that's kind of cool. And like I say, the parallels between uh, these franchises back to the day when Jonathan Taves got drafted where they were at on and off the ice is uh, pretty remarkable, and I'm sure our next guest will agree. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> he's in Chicago, as a matter of fact, and he will be doing the uh, TV broadcast tonight on TSN of the Sens and the Hawks, and that would be, of course, uh, Dave Poulin. As always, a presentation of the Myers Automotive Group. How are you doing this morning, Dave? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. Chicago is one of my favorite cities, and I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I will look for your four guests and see if they're in the building, and see if they're chanting, we want the playoffs. I will verify that. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm, as, I'm as confused as anyone is, and so is every Hawks season ticket holder, as to why it's 8 o'clock in Chicago tonight. Like, they're confused because sometimes they'll get pushed because it's a West Coast game or something like that, or they'll make it earlier to yes. satisfy the East Coast. And they're like, but this doesn't make sense. And I said, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think we started this. So <laughs> we being Ottawa, but it'll be fun. You know, and uh, I've got uh, my, actually my daughter is here and, and they're season ticket holders. And they said, the building has been surprisingly good. And, um, and, and he's a longtime season ticket holder. So, you know, he said he likened it to the transition. <clears throat> they're almost, so respectful for what they went through that they're they're have bought in a little bit to this you know transition and going back because they've won their three cups and they know this is going to be painful it's not like it was in you know 2006 2007 when this building was empty yeah it uh yeah it it, it feels like there is uh there is a plan although boy we're, when we talk about teardowns this is this is one of the ultimate teardowns that we have seen uh, with with what they went, uh, let go and Patrick Kane and and even Max Domi, I mean he had forty eight points in sixty games uh, this year. There's just not a whole heck of a lot left uh, in Chicago. So kudos to uh, to your daughter and her and her husband. Are they actually though? Even though they have season tickets, are they going to all the games or are they sort of parceling them off to friends as well? You know, they share them with a couple of other people, but they go to their share of games for sure. Um, you know, absolutely they go. They're, they're big fans. You know, his jersey collection would rival any jersey collection <laughs> in the history of hockey. Are any of them uh, still applicable, though? <laughs> well, you know what's really funny is he had no idea she had any connection to the game. None. When they started dating. And so they started dating, and it was about their third date, I believe. And he said, would you like to go to a hockey game? And she said, sure. And they, she hadn't said a word about hockey. 
any capacity. (laughs) And so so he told me it was about 10 minutes through the first period. Duncan Keith made a play and she said, great stick on Duncan Keith. (laughs) And he he said, he stared at her for about the next 10 minutes. And he said, I think I just met Uh, the girl I'm going to marry. She's the one. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Is that Chicago team the worst team on paper in the NHL right now, Pooley? It'd be hard to argue with Arizona, I think, but Arizona maybe is a little bit better in terms of their, you know, they've got some higher end kids, but I think there is a plan here. You know, it's interesting. You, you chatted about at some point, or maybe it was a tweet I read about Jonathan Taves because I lived in Chicago when that was going on. In fact, when I was winding up at Notre Dame, uh, I watched Jonathan Taves play at Shattuck St. Mary's. And that was a loaded team that he was on there. Kyle Ocposa was on that team and they were really good. And, you know, he, of course, was drafted and and, uh, did play at the University of North Dakota. But the simultaneous drafts of of Taves, the character, and Kane, the superstar, and Brady, and Stutzla is an interesting, I think that's an interesting comparison. I really do. In terms of how different their star players are from each other and how they both are so effective. And I think it's, you know, you look at the success those two had together, complementing each other, not always playing together, but complementing each other in the styles that they brought. And I think it's a fair comparison in Chicago to say you've got two superstars, two young superstars who are very different from each other. But the combination of the two brings so many different elements to each and every game. Yeah, and it's actually interesting because Stutzel's maturity is so much further ahead of Kane. Uh, what kind of an effect? Because I remember Taves, when he left school, went to the World Championships in Moscow, his air pulley actually Canada's best player and the maturity that he brought, but it sure feels like Taze really, really had an effect on Patrick Kane going in the right direction on and off the ice. He did. His on-ice play was right from day one, was special, and we had watched Kane. Kane went as a 15-year-old over to the U16s, and he was just special right from the start. And, you know, my assistant coach was on that team when I was at Notre Dame. He was telling me, well, you see this 15-year-old kid from Buffalo. He's just ridiculous. He, at the time, was actually playing in Michigan. and But but he said he's, he's ridiculous. And we kept saying how small he was. And I remember having a conversation with Denny Savard, and, and Savard was the coach at the time, and saying, yeah, he's really small, talking to one of the most diminutive players in the <laughs> game. <laughs> and he said, yeah, but Pooley, he's that good. He is that good. And he was right from day one you know, exerted on the ice, the skill level and the magic that, you know, that is well known now in the game. From a week ago when we were sitting here and looking at, at that point, two games and two nights versus Detroit to the Jake Chikrin trade to his debut and a game on the road and a win over the Rangers and Patrick Kane. And then what went on on Saturday night um, uh, was Columbus, granted, but Chikrin and then the We Want the Playoffs, uh, you know, very organic chant from the crowd can you remember the last time the Ottawa Senators had a week like they've just had? Yeah, arguably 2017, you know, when we were around a lot and they had the great run through through the playoffs on the shoulders of Eric Carlson. But it, it, I, the hardest thing for me to believe, JR, is that was just a week ago. <laughs> it, it really is, yeah. you know, because it started with the Montreal win in Montreal. And it was like, okay, well, this is the first, you know. And I had said seven of ten points would have been a terrific week, um, you know, going into that stretch. And it was just they they matched every single thing that we could have hoped for and they did it in the correct way and and not just you know with their vaunted power play and their special teams play and their penalty killing has gotten really good and you know and a shout out because when we talk about topics during a game 
you know, I'm always throwing things out to the producer and, you know, through the course of the game. And the last couple of auto games I've done, and certainly in Boston on that Monday afternoon, um, I threw Hamannick out as a topic probably three or four times, and we just simply didn't get to it on how well he was playing as an individual. And, and I think that the contributions they're getting across the board right now from their secondary scoring has really pumped it up over these last five games. And the bigs are still scoring. That's the beauty of this because they're you know, they're averaging over five goals a game. But they're getting a lot of push at different points from different players from the defense. You look at the addition of Jacob Chikrin now, and you look at the ability of this defense to put points up, and you need them joining the play even when they don't put points up. Just the fact that they join the play causes the other team to get off their rails. Uh, this is really, this could be really fun to watch. And when you see them win five in a row, Pooley outscore teams 27-10, only four on the power play. It's also the, it's obviously the entire team, but the one player I point to and the elevation of his play coming back into the lineup and actually moving Batherson down at the time has really been Matthew Joseph. That to me in kind of looking at, you know, not, not just that one player, but he's far closer to the player we saw last year when he came over in the Nick Paul trade. Yeah, it's, it's like he's regained his thought process and his confidence. It really is because his, if he's not skating, he, he's not a factor. And he wasn't skating. And, and sometimes the special teams will do it. He's been a big part of the PK as well and seems to ignite when he's on the PK. But, the, you know, each and every one of the guys who basically has done what they do. And I think that's the confusion. You don't ask them to be something they're not. You ask them to be the best of what they are. And he knows that when he uses speed and gets up on the forecheck and because that his speed just naturally, when he's skating in the other aspects of the game, it drives the defender back when he's carrying the puck because they're respectful of his speed. So, you know, he's, he's been playing, you know, arguably his best, but that's what it takes through stretches like this summer. You've got to have guys playing their best and you've got to have, you know, more than just the bigs. And, and right now they do have that. You've had a couple of uh, games to watch uh, Jake Chikrin, uh, the game in New York, and then obviously the game on Saturday and he scores a goal and he's shown on the big screen, pumping up the crowd and then gives a very emotional interview uh, afterward in the, uh, in the dressing room. What, what have you made of Jake Chikrin's first two games in Ottawa? Surprisingly comfortable for someone that hadn't played in three and a half weeks or four weeks or whatever it was. And I think it'll only get better, but he appears to fit very well. And that's something that you don't know. You know, we've watched all of these, transactions go on over the last three weeks plus and the big question is how they're all going to fit together and you know how the different combinations of players brought in this looks first of all it's it's there's not a six player move it's a one person move um you didn't lose a significant player from your team to gain a significant player and you know that's something that people forget about trades you make a, a big trade and you bring someone in well, the someone that left is usually someone's best buddy on the team, and, and that factors down through, and, and that's not the case here. It's not. He's just an addition, and he seems to fit in well with the exact vibe of the team right now, the energy level, the confidence. Um, you know, there's a little bit of strut in his game, and I say that in a very positive manner, but he does look comfortable, and he looks like he fits right in, and and, and I had, I've mentioned on the show before, I've watched him differently because I played with Jeff. And I played with Jeff as a young player in in Philadelphia, and you know I, I can remember instances that we're laughing. I don't even know whether I've mentioned this on the show before, but we're laughing because when a young player is playing in the NHL and his parents come down to visit him, you know 
they generally go to one of the vets and say, hey, can I swing by with my folks on Sunday afternoon so I could remember the chicken sitting. You guys are close in age or? Uh, (laughs) No, I'm teasing. Yo, no, but I'm, you know, he's looking at the veteran on his team with a couple of kids and a, and a house, right? And he's saying, I don't know what to do with my parents. Can I stop over for an hour on Sunday <laughs> afternoon? So <laughs> you think of that. And so when, when you have connections like that to players and they have a child that plays, you watch them growing up and you watch them a little bit differently. And I've done that with Jacob, you know, always kind of kept an eye on, on those types of kids that you feel like you have a connection to in some manner. Uh, to that, Pooley, and I, I won't use what the pairings are, but just as we go slotting, if you want to go Shabbat to Chicker and Sanderson down to Zub, all of a sudden Branstrom to Hamannick, uh, is that almost the, I, I mean, perfect one? Not perfect, but when you start to look at it that in, in the National Hockey League, like is a one through six, do you not say, wow, that's pretty impressive now what the auto centers have put together? It is because it's got some different elements. And, you know, you would look at, at Shabbat and Chikrin and Sanderson as sort of like defensemen, but I think Sanderson's a little more defensive of that grouping. And, you know, probably from a defensive standpoint, probably him first, Chikrin second, and, and Shabbat third in terms of their defensive play and how you play them in a defensive role. And Sanderson surprises me with how solid he is defensively for a young player. Usually there's some acquired things that a D gets to that he seems to have at a very young age. Um, and then you've got the element of Brandstrom and, and you know, and, and then the the two right shots in Zub and Hamannick. So it's a nice mix. And I don't know that anyone can say exactly how it's going to figure out. And it may change during the course of a game. It may change depending on what your matchups are and what the other team presents. And you could say, okay, you know, we're playing against X tonight. They have this line and we'd like to play two guys, Sanderson and Chikrin, against them. And you'd love it if it got a fluidity to their playing that that each of those three, at a certain point in the game, could jump to the other side, even if it was for a shift or two. And I think they're capable of it, but to be comfortable doing it. So I would push and exercise as many different options as I could so I had them in my back pocket when I needed them. You mentioned uh, that you did the Sens game in Boston, which was two weeks ago today. We've had a bunch of Monday games, which is kind of weird, but two weeks ago today was family day. You did that game. Pierre Dorian was asked on Friday on his trade deadline availability, kind of when did you when did you start thinking about the playoffs for this team? And he identified that game, even though it was a loss uh, in Boston because the Bruins are uh, the league's best team this year. Sens were coming off, you know, it was a back-to-back uh, et cetera, et cetera. When you kind of wrapped up that broadcast that day, if you can think back two weeks ago, did you also think that there was something about this Sens team that maybe was a little bit different? Yes, I did. Uh, I thought it was a really good game. That was one of the games that I talked about Hammond again, um, just the way everyone had played in that game. And the ultimate difference maker had number 88 on his back in Boston and scored two just electric goals. And, you know, the, their components, the play that. Charlie McAvoy made on the second goal backwards through his legs at the blue line was just, you know, special. And then, and there were two special goals by Pasternak that were the separation between the team that day. And it was a really good game. It was a fun game. It was a one o'clock game, not an eight o'clock game, I might add, but it's a (laughs) one o'clock game. I don't know how I picked up seven hours on that, but it was just a really fun atmosphere and, and Ottawa was right toe to toe with the best team in the league. And, you know, it wasn't until, Till Pasternak, you know, had his magical two goals that 
that there was a final outcome. So yeah, I, I would agree with them that they played very well in that game and, and looked like they belonged in every capacity. Interesting. You look at that game and the, and the Carolina game, the, the power play didn't get a goal. And that's when I looked at it fully and said, okay, well, if you can't get scoring five on five, I can't take you seriously. But man, oh man, has that changed? And is that um, another reason why you look at this and say, hey, this is realistic. As you pointed out to the start of the conversation, it's not just about the special teams every night. No, it's not. And this group has, you know, out of the almost half of their goals over the last five games have been outside of the top six forwards, just one goal under under half. And and that's I'm just putting a bunch of stuff together for the game tonight, and that absolutely stood out to me. That you, you know, it's funny because I've got all this right in front of me right now in terms of numbers. Yeah. So the numbers that are jumping out of 14 of the 27 goals over the last five games are scored outside of the top six players. Only and four on the power play as well. Exactly, and that's so impressive um, because it means that both things are happening. You know, your your bigs are still doing it, and five on five hockey, which has been a factor, um, is not. And your even your goals for um, are up now relative to your power play because you know I chart this before every game, and the goals for their fifteenth in the league right now, which has gotten better, but their power play is six, which has dropped a little bit, and so there was a wider gap between those two figures because so many of their goals were on the power play. Um, but their penalty kill is up to six in the league as well this morning, which is pretty impressive. You know, that's a pretty good number. Five-game road trip kicks off tonight in Chicago. If you look at the five games, Dave, uh, obviously Chicago is struggling this year. Uh, then they go out to Seattle. Then it's back-to-back with Vancouver and Calgary on the weekend, and then at Edmonton to finish up. Uh, we've been kind of banding about what's the bare minimum number of points Ottawa's got to get out of this road trip for uh, Dave Poole, and what's that number? Well, they're a little bit heavy on my 7 of 10 from the last five, so I'll go with 6 to 10. I'll give them a little bit of, of license on this one. I think, you know, you, you absolutely start the road trip with a win, and then you go from there. And then if you split from there going through, um, Vancouver's not going to be an easy out right now, guys, as, as teams are finding out they're, they're playing harder, they're playing better than they have um, under Rick Tockett. And Calgary, you don't know what their desperation level is going to be at that point. You have no idea. They may be resigned to the fact they're not going to be a playoff team at that point. You know, so um, and then Seattle and Edmonton on either end of that. It's going to be a tough road trip, but I think you just take it one at a time like they do. And it's, you know, it's it's a nice little swing for the guys. And they have a new teammate to to get to know a little bit on the road and, and continue to get to know each other as a as a team that's making a push because as well as they've got to know each other, they haven't got to know each other as a team that's making a push and they're, they're making a little push right now. And, you know, you start watching other games and watching other scores and you know, one thing, everybody else is watching your score right now because you're the Ottawa senators and it doesn't matter where I go. I'm getting asked about it. What's up with the senators? Cause people know I cover them a lot and I'm getting calls about it, you know, whenever I talk to people and, and you know, they're showing, Hey, what's going on with Sens and, and what do you think? And are they for real? And all those questions are coming up. So as much as you want to watch the scoreboard to see what's happening and how it's going to impact you, you better believe everybody else is watching the scoreboard to see what you're doing. Okay, a couple other things for you before we let you go. Um, what do you make of what's going on in Tampa right now where the Lightning have lost five in a row Saturday afternoon uh, in you know a, a winnable game against Buffalo in the third period? John Cooper decides uh, he's going to uh, need to make a statement here, and he sits down Point, Kucherov, and Stamkos for the entire third period, um, uh, and I'm guessing in the hopes of getting a response on Sunday, and instead they go into Carolina and they get waxed 
six to nothing and don't even get a shot on goal in the second period. So what's your overall uh, take on what's going on in Tampa right now and, and, uh, and with John Cooper in particular? It's now rather than a month and a half from now. I and mean, that's why I think he's calling it to the front right now. And this is a little dip that we haven't seen from this team. He knows his team very well. He knows his team as well as any coach does in the NHL. He's the longest tenured coach in the NHL with that team, but he also knows them. It's not just because of what he's been through. He's been to the cup finals and lost. He's been to the cup finals and won. He's done each of those a couple of times. And, you know, and he's also not made the playoffs with this team right in the middle of all that. People forget that, you know, that, that they went that year without making the playoffs. And so he's seen it, he knows it, and he's, he's taking it, you know, whereas a lot of coaches would just say, well, they've earned the right to do that. He's trying to bring it to the forefront right now, six weeks ahead of the playoffs or seven weeks ahead of the playoffs rather than waiting you know, until it's too late. So I think it's a smart move. I think it's a good move. It didn't have instant success, you know, afterwards. And that's not the way these things work. But I do think they're going to be okay. And they are going through a dip right now. I still think they're going to be okay. And you didn't feel this is anything like the Steve Casper moment back in the day in Boston? Pool? No, okay. not, not even close. Not even yeah. close. No, not even close. All right. Uh, to wrap up, uh, you had a long day on Friday. Uh, I think when we talked to you on Friday morning, uh, you said, well, there'll be trades, but, and there were, I mean, there were 21 for 34 players, but not a heck of a lot of names. Uh, the goalie you told us about, what uh, you, you're kind of hinting that maybe there was going to be a, a big goalie trade potentially. Um, so just it a thought on John Friday. Quick went to Vegas no. for the first two games. <laughs> oh, you, you, you kidding me, JR? How did you get the inside scoop on Hutchinson way out in front of him? <laughs> Well, now you have to leave these things alone because, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't just casually throw things around, but there was some things going on that didn't happen right. that would have been very significant. And, yep. uh, and it just, it never got there, but I, I was under the, and it came very close. Yes. So we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave the mystery with that. All right. Well, uh, often these things get talked about and then uh, come to fruition in the summer. So we'll quiz you on that when the uh, NHL draft comes around, uh, maybe to revisit that one. Okay, you got the Sands and the Hawks tonight on uh, TSN Television. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the visit with your daughter, and we'll look forward to uh, chatting with you again on Wednesday. Have a great day, guys. Powered by FanDuel. Make every moment more on FanDuel, North America's number one sports book. All right, Simmer. How comfy are you on the Sands tonight? Because they're a massive favorite for tonight's game. Uh, at FanDuel, for the Sens to win, you got to bet twenty six to win ten. Whoa! Now, if you want the, if you predict the Sens win by two or more, then you're at even money. Then, okay. all right. Yeah. So you're feeling confident about a two or more goal victory for the Sens. You're at even money. The total, by the way, for tonight's game is six and a half, and Ottawa's individual team total is at three and a half for tonight's game. So what are you liking? Uh, no, I'll, I'll take the Sens by two. Uh, I'll take the over, and I'll take the brink at the score, and I just feel like where this team is at, Jerry, I know you can be vulnerable. They did lose to Chicago, whatever it was, 10 days ago, but, hey, that's a minus Domi, minus Kane. This is one of, if not the worst team in the National Hockey League. So, yeah, lock it in for the Sens. They're not going to let this one get away. All right. So, Debrinke to score. I don't have uh, – they haven't posted that yet at FanDuel, What is individual – uh, score line is for tonight, but oh, I'm yeah. guessing yeah. probably a little, uh, you know, his first game back home. Oh, yeah. Uh, in front of, well, he's not going to be facing, face Patrick Kane for the first time on uh, 
on Thursday, right? So yeah. Oh, actually, no. He would have faced him when he was here in Chicago. Yeah, that's or here true. in Ottawa. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway. So, but, and that's his buddy. And hey, not many guys left on the team, Jr. Uh, I don't know for a local eight o'clock start. Uh, not saying they don't love their Sens Hawks on a Monday <laughs> night, but man. I don't know about that one. That, even Pool, even Pooley's daughter and her husband are giving away wow. the tickets. Yeah, no, and and I did look it up. The reason they're playing at eight o'clock is Oprah has a special on. Okay. Uh, from seven to eight, <laughs> she's interviewing Prince Harry again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, but wow. it, it is a, okay. Here, yeah. here are the Chicago Blackhawk uh, Hawks that you will know. Seth Jones. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. or, well, Peter mark? Peter Mrazek, Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Long. Yeah. Andreas. Athanasiu. Oh, that's right. He oh, got the OT. Breakaway. He got oh, the overtime winner let's be, here. Let's be careful then, because he has been over the years. If that fella ever played as well against Ottawa as oh. he did, or, or against other teams here, man, against Detroit, here I was like, oh, that guy seems like such a good player. So, well, did yeah. he score or just have breakaways? Oh, he's, when he went to Detroit, he, I, I think yeah. he scored as well, Hammer. But okay. you're right, he generated a lot. But I'm just saying, I remember when you'd watch him, you're like, wow, this, there's something wrong with this fella because he. Obviously, is extremely talented, and he can he can certainly wheel. Oh well, yeah. Well, here's some Ottawa. Well, of course, Nikita Zaitsev. We talked this. This is Nikita Zaitsev. Will have money on the board. Oh yeah, <laughs> he'll have money on the board tonight. What's what's the ruble trading now? Right, now? <laughs> ten million rubles, which is about a hundred dollars U.S. <laughs> Andreas England, oh, former Sens defenseman. Right. They got oh, wow. him in the Jack Johnson trade, so he's there. And then, wow, I mean. Hey, listen, good on these guys for uh, playing in the NHL. But yeah. And our, you know what? Our good friend, here's to you, Buddy Robinson has played a game no way. for Chicago this and that, year. And that goes back to the coach, Luke Richardson, would have had big Buddy That's right. uh, when he was in bingo. So we obviously, we obviously got the Luke Richardson angle as well. Yes, right? yes, indeed. But, uh, man, that is... Uh, well, you're, try, you're trying to, hey, legitimately uh, get after a player. Now, what I think they're missing, though, and you're going to... I know you don't think highly of Peter Morazic, but... I'd be getting my East Coaster in there, Jr. Goalie, like you got to br- you got to bring this home, eh? Well, or- they've got a something <laughs> called a Jackson Stauber. Oh, this that, that that's played six games so far this year. I wonder if that's Robbie's son, eh? Is Former it? Homie- no, I I that's a they've rare. Also name. got an Arvid Soderblom. Oh, those are good. <laughs> that just they he, just acquired uh, Dylan Wells, who played. He got for- Soderblom. You have to be overweight, right? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you picture him just being like uh, you know, like the Mighty Ducks goalie? Yeah. Arvid Soderblom. I'm just looking up uh, Arvid uh, right now. Let me go to full career stats. He's played, uh, well, he's got uh, two wins and 10 losses. So he's actually played for Chicago. This shows you how little I paid attention. He's actually played in 14 games this year. I know that. He's a, that's perfect then. Then they do have their Matt Eats. Of course, we dressed back in the day to get Ovechkin. So there you go. They're, they're there. But uh, and watching that Columbus crew, um, I, I mean, it's hard to find Johnny Hockey. Imagine where his mindset is at from a year ago. Uh, and then I've never been a big line A guy to start with. Um, just watching them the other night, uh, not much to work with with Columbus. Nice, uh, nice goal though. Oh yeah. Oh, and the guy can. I mean, hey, he he can da- dangle and uh, certainly shoot the puck with the best of them. Absolutely. Um. I thought that was interesting from Dave Poulin because we asked him essentially our web poll question. Although I didn't emphasize the word need to Dave. Yeah. I think it was more on, uh, but I think that's sort of how he interpreted it. Because uh, will and need at this point, I yeah. think, are almost parallel. Are okay. they not, Jer? How many? Uh, sorry, like confidence in the team is is almost, you know what I mean? Not often does it run that way, right? Where will get, uh, I think people are very confident and we'd be super disappointed. Anything below a three and two record, I think everyone would. Well, you that know. even three and two, I think. Yeah. It, well, yeah, yeah. three. And, did I say three and two was a would be disastrous 
or was that uh, five you said, points? You said five points. Five points would be a disaster. Six is like bare, bare minimum. But I don't even think if you want to make the playoffs, you got to do better than six. Well, points. I, I said eight. I, I, I said I'm the going, question is this: yeah. How many points do the Sens need yeah. to get on this fa- five-game roadie? That's our tool and equipment store yeah. web poll question. The emphasis is on the word "need," so we don't want your prediction. What do they have to have? Uh, you guys were both like letting these guys off the hook at seven points. You're like you've got the fish on the line right now. Like the playoff, like the fish is the playoffs. You got after a long. You've been trolling all season. That's a good point. All season, you're in a little bay that only you know about right now, and uh, you put in your best. uh, 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 Rack of diamonds. Yeah, the Len Len Thompson five of diamonds. My, there it is. That the comes from the jungle. You know. <laughs> That's the only I, lure I, I, I know. I'm throwing, I'm throwing cards in the water. You are actually putting a lure in. I got my uh, my Len Thompson five of diamonds. Oh. My best lure. I'm in the. I'm in the. Nobody knows about bay. Yeah. And I got my playoff fish oh. on the hook or swimming around my Len Thompson. I think you're. I got to Mon- bring this baby home. Oh, you're in Montego Bay, and I think you got a big marlin on there. Fair. Hey. Sure. He's going to be a battle to the. Finish. You know, I got a yellow yeah. fin tuna. That's oh, what that, I get right oh, now. Man. Very expensive. Imagine the sushi right oh, on the beach after right that. There. All right, nine or more. So these are your options. How many points the needs sends need to get? Nine or more, eight, seven, or six. And uh, right now, as always, the creamy middle rules mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. 46% are at eight. 31% are at seven. Mm. Uh, 18, nine or more is at 18%. Wow. And then just 4% uh, think the sends just needs six points. And then, and, and the need and will being close, that's, that's a lot of confidence. And I look at the road trip this way, guys. you got to win the first two. I know Seattle's having a good year, but Seattle, Chicago, okay. Those are in the bank. So you got your four points. Now, um, Vancouver playing much better. Watch their game on Saturday as well. Uh, much better with Rick Talk and his coach. Uh, Demko is back and playing well. There's no pressure on them. And I still think Calgary's going to battle the finish. So, you know, those other three games... Um, you know, if I can split them, I guess get three out of six, come home with seven, that, that would be pretty realistic. Now, if you can knock off one of Vancouver or Calgary, then yeah, we'll see. And you kind of just think, hey, playing with house money by the time you get to Edmonton. All right. Uh, Sparky writes, hoping DJ now gives Shabbat a lot less ice time as Chikrin can be the anchor on the Sens blue line. Shabby needs a break to regain his form. He's developed some bad habits. Cheers. That's from yeah. Sparky. Do you see a day, Simmer? Uh, either... Yeah, you know, very soon or even at some point before the end of the season. Yeah. When Jake Chikrin is playing more minutes than Thomas Shabbat? Um I I I really don't know. I don't know, Jerry. I don't know how to answer strong that. Strong opinions. Yeah, no, um Insta opinion. Um, you know what? New feature on the TSN morning show. Insta opinion. Yeah. I want boom. What does your gut say? Uh, yeah. Will Jake Chikrin uh, be playing more minutes than Thomas Shabbat between yeah. now and the end of the season? Insta opinion. <laughs> Uh, I'll go with yes. Just oh, wow. Fun. Okay, interesting. Uh, couple, no, and, and this is the only way we'll transition. You know, first of all, Chickering is an excellent penalty killer. He's also very good at even strength. If they ever made the decision. Now, you, you brought a little bit of uh, false information on the Sens power play being number three in the league, and that backed me off a little bit. They are actually six, and they're sliding bad. And my point being, Jared, the only way he'll Probably get more ice third at some point. Yeah, <laughs> no, but the only way he'll get more ice time is if he gets the power play. That you know, because that that really on most nights for Shabbat, right? You know, the, the even strength along with playing. You know, that first unit usually stays out for the entire thing. So uh, I think there's a chance just based on the hammer on the power play and um, the mm. other stuff he ends up doing. What about if if he's on the second power play? I mean, doesn't get as much ice time as the first, but it's yeah. still it's still pee pee time. 
Yeah, it could be. Uh, but I just, as I said, that, that first group tends to stay out for about a buck and a half. Um, but we'll see. Um, certainly his element, like I said, that departed when he scored, he had over 20 goals a couple of years ago, did he not? Mm, um, yeah, yeah, close to. And man, he, he, the first one was, you know, in, but he hammered one where in the building, you could just hear that off the bar. Uh, that's something Ottawa hasn't had. And I'd be really interested, even if Shabbat's on there, uh, if he rotate, rotates into the opposite of where Weber, uh, as a right shot, as a lefty there, I, I'd be curious to see what that looks like uh, from a one-timer standpoint. Emmer, Insta opinion. Will Jake Chikrin <laughs> be averaging more ice time than Thomas Shabbat? And I'm not just talking for one game. I mean, a one game is a one-off. But at some point, will there be a series of games in a row in which that will happen? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Jake Chikrin will be on the number one power play unit. Number one power play? He'll be on the number one power play. This isn't just instant opinion. This is also strong opinion. And it's also analysis. He will be on the top. analysis. He will be on the top power play unit. (laughs) Who is he taking off? He's going to take off Shabbat. Shabbat will be going down with with Sanderson. Whoa. They'll be on the number two PP, which I'm really not happy with what I just said. Uh He's going to kill penalties. Shabbat will be replaced on the, you know what? He will. Okay. Because I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say yeah. the top power play unit isn't driven by Shabbat. It's not. It's driven by Stutzla. So you can put anybody there. And right now, Shabbat, he doesn't have the banger at the point that you want. Chickering does. It's and he hammer. proved that in one. I like banger. No, I don't but like you're hammer, copycat. so you should lo- like hammer. Yeah. I, okay, sure. I'll go with you. But no, Hamannick's got the hammer, mm-hmm. and Chickering's got the banger. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> and so that's why I, that just gives that first unit. And I, I don't care if we it's got, fifth we got, or we got fourth JR, overall. We got it just JR, gives another element. Yeah, we got JR on the ropes now. He's, no, not he's a chance. He's ba- battled in oh, days. No, no, no. I'm coming back with this, and I'll throw this to you based on Hammer's premise. If they replace Thomas Shabbat, who's been on the number one power play since forever mm-hmm. here in Ottawa, and the, and the power play, whether you think that Shabbat has had an important role in it or not, has been, this season, very effective yeah. overall. Yeah. If you start replacing him on the one power play, uh, number one power play, what potential effect? And I'm not going to take Thomas Shabbat is going to have a suck attack, or Thomas Shabbat is going to start sulking or saying bad things in the media or whatever, but just kind of as an overall, sometimes those things can, uh, can affect a team dynamic. I wonder about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I... Talk about a guy who's been the number one defenseman on the power play for yeah. three games. Yeah, oh, been the number one power play guy for like four but seasons. But he's been there because they haven't had anybody else either. Wow. And I think right now, uh, Jake Chikrin could have a little bit of a bigger impact on that top unit than Thomas Schumacher. Here Here's a, a, something to ask you, Jer. Uh, as I, I know, I even... You were on fire on the general manager stuff on the weekend. Thank you. You have now taken over as coach and GM. Yes. <laughs> You're going in. Um, okay. Five games left in the season, um, and you need to win tight hockey games. What four defensemen are you rocking and rolling with if you're the Ottawa Senators? If you if you got to shorten the bench, what four guys are you putting over the boards? Am I leading or trailing in the game? Uh, but, well, it could be up one by one. Uh, well, I, I guess you're right, right about the death. Your tie game or you're up by one. you okay. got to hold leads here down the stretch. What four are you putting over the boards? Um, Sanderson, Hamannick, um, Chikrin, and Shabbat. Really? Yeah. Not not Chikrin and Zub. No. Oh, okay. That's no, it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know what? Yeah. I, and I and I, I know it's heresy to say it. Okay. And you've actually touched on it a couple of times. I I I, I listen. Everybody love. I and I like Zub. Oh, I yeah, like yeah. Zub. I just don't think he's had as good a year this year. I really don't. No, I'm, I'm not, and I don't I'm think not he's dis- had a terrible year. No, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I I, I still have way more confidence that if I need someone to defend. 
personally, like I'd have him out over Shabbat. Well, but right? part of defending though is is having the puck yeah, and, and getting yeah. the puck and getting the puck and getting it out or making a good play with it. Yeah. Thomas Shabbat with a puck on it. No, and, and Zub does that reasonably well as well. Yeah. I, you could convince me either way on that one. Um, well, what's nice though, Jaron, this is also going back to kind of draft talk. I, I don't even want to turn this into a negative right now. It was just, and again, I know it's just one thing, but when you look at Hamannick, the way he's played, Sanderson coming in, Zub not quite as good, but he's fine, and, and Shabbat with less minutes and a better team. But Branstrom has come so far, and now when you mix that in with Chikrin, like this is night and day, guys. And and like I said, I know it was Columbus, and let's see what happens on the road. Let's see what happens against Edmonton or you know some good teams. But the slotting now is about as close to perfect as you could ask for. And I'm not even talking about pairings here. If you just went through the true slotting, which to me, Hammond, it's a six or a five and Branstrom, like when you go to look at the rest of it, this is kind of what you hope. You, you hope to have a Thomas Shabbat. You hope to have a Chicker and a Sanderson, a Zub. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's incredible, like where that is now. Uh, it's certainly in my time in Ottawa. And I, I guess you go back to the Red and Chara, Phyllis Volchenkov and whoever else that was rounded out. Like there has never been anything close to this. It no. was Mathot and Carlson and. God, I, I know that they're stay-at-home pairing, but Fanuf and Cece, that, that that's what got you to the third round it's been of the 20, playoffs. It's been 20 years yeah, yeah, since Ottawa's yeah. had a potential top four. But my point being, and, is it doesn't have to be a negative in yeah. the sense of, hey, and, and you know, for Thomas Shabbat, and one of the things Jeff Chikrin talked about, and it's so true, uh, when he was on the other day, was why not have internal competition? Yes. One of the things yeah. with Thomas Shabbat, he's only human, and he's been asked to do so much, but that makes him a better hockey player. Who you're playing with, Branstrom now has an opportunity and nothing wrong with Holden. He's a good veteran player. But every one of these guys now have options to play with good players. And, hey, well, facts are facts. That makes life easier. And yeah. I just think in the case of Thomas Shabbat, even working with Chikrin, you know, another left shot, you know, talking about defending, talking about some different things there, it's got to make the entire. And it, it feels like, well, any good team has that. You go back to the Michael Jordan documentary. Hey, pushing each other, internal competition. How awesome is that? Yeah, it's never a bad thing. And Hammer, you get oh. lots of love on text this morning on your Insta opinion on uh, on Chicken well, taking over the number one power play. Solid and, argument. Yeah, uh, it, it, it it listen. You can sell me on it. I'm just saying from a team dynamic, You're worried about hurting feelings, personal dynamic point of view. Uh, I don't know whether the trade. Uh, listen, if Ottawa's power play was running at 27th overall, yeah. uh, I I could. I'm all here. I'm all day for that argument. But it's not. It's you know, it's you. You tell me it's three. It's, it was three. It's down to six now. Whatever. It's still been a top ten, and more, more recently for a lot of the a lot of the last forty games, been a top five power play yeah, in the NHL. Sure. Why? Why am I messing with that? Yeah. The, the no, and I'm not. I'm not even going to disagree, Jaron. What Hammer also talked about. Hey, there is, and and I know Mike Kelly talks about it as a lot. There's a lot of value in what Thomas Shabbat does in just skating the puck. But the part of, and then this will go he to... He doesn't even do the entries. It's Stutzla yeah. or Dabrinka that, that but, does but, the But entries. it is the speed through the neutral zone hammer that, that does affect that. Like, you do push people off a little bit, but you're right. But here would be the thing, and I go to the Carolina and Boston games. Sure, you played well, uh, but against the best penalty killers in the NHL, you had nothing. You had nothing in either game, JR. And I'm not pointing that on Thomas Shabbat, but if I need... I need results, I guess, is my point. As you say, you get into the murderer's row of games. If I'm going to start doing that, well, the minute the power play doesn't score on the first opportunity, I start to tinker a little bit and look at different things. And as I said, the part with Chikrin that is just interesting is that he's got a bomb. And I can't think of the last time that Ottawa had that. I'm trying, like, I know it sounds strange. Dion Phaneuf actually had a pretty good shot, but, like, when's the last time they had the true, uh, what are we going with, uh, not the hammer, hammer? 
He went with banger. You the just banger. went with bomb. Bomb. Well, yeah. You, well, you guys decide can we amongst get this you. term. Well, you guys decide. I listen. I said hammer, and hammer is hammer is what the I've kids had. Kids are saying banger. Okay. Well, you're 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 a banger. That's kind of what the player is. But when you actually launch, you're launching bombs. Well, I'm right? not here to dispute what the kids are saying because I'm all about the kids. So if they're saying it's a banger, yeah. then are you sure they're saying it's a banger? No, they're well. not. Okay. <laughs> Don't see. I knew. I knew because I'm I'm in tune with the kids. Okay. Okay. The kids are not saying calling it a banger from the okay, point. Truth is that that that's a song. Hey, what are you listening to? Uh, I'm listening to a banger. That usually oh. they're, they're talking about a song. But well, that was also the gang, right. gang banger. Where the was the music? Excuse was it me? not? No, but the, that was no the ma- the music part. Right? Yeah. They were called. You're, you're people, talking about the rap. Yeah, people that were in gangs. That's what they were called at the time. But, um, but I'm stealing the term from the kids, yeah. and I'm well, just putting it to try a to shot s- at the blue line. You can't try to start something about the kids when you're in your mid-40s, okay? I think Let I can. Let them on, do on it Ottawa. organically and then jump yeah. on and make it seem like it's your idea, but you can't make it up in the first place. No, and, and probably on. not on uh, sports radio. <laughs> now, here's, the, definitely here's can. the other part if we want to introduce the banger, though. Uh, you're going to have old Brinksy uh, on the half wall there. As he moves it over to Le Chabot, uh, or would you end up having another right shot there? Just trying to think of who set the table for the banger, eh? Because you're going to have check right down on the top circle, right side there, right like Shea Weber, reverse Shea Weber. So how do you rotate that so around, you're taking guys? it away, because that's where Stutz lives. Well, Stutz is kind of free. He's roaming all over the place, right? But yeah. You know who will be able to solve this dilemma for us? Jamie Baker. Yeah. Oh, Jamie Baker, yeah. our yeah. Sens analyst, will jump yeah. on. He played. In the, he knows. Wait, first of all, he's gonna do, he's gonna give it a name. Yeah. Somebody wants Chickaboom. Somebody yeah. wants Howitzer. Okay, I think the tried and true is Howitzer, good. Howitzer. That's that. We're going back to eighties, nineties. I, I did like one of the phrases on Cannon, it. And it doesn't really. But someone said said winner winner chicken dinner. I thought. <laughs> if Dean Brown goes with that, I'm retired. I'm done. I'm out. walking out. Uh, the last bomber from the back end was Sammy Sallow. Oh, wow. wow, that guy had a hammer. Oh, he did. What about Chara? Uh, yes, it was hard, but but Sallow was, was putting the opportunity. Yeah, he set up in the in front of the net. But sometimes the, the shallow, right? uh, the Sallow one was impressive, guys, because he weighed about a buck fifty when he first was in Finland. And and what part about it was it shocked you, right? Like there wasn't a lot to him. And man, could he? Uh, and then he got traded for the little forward there, Schaefer. Yes. Yeah. That always sparks the car stories or something. <laughs> Not a good driver. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. All right, just past 9 o'clock. Uh, your thoughts on anything we chat about is always welcome. You can text us at 12-1200. Tweet at us at TSN1200. We'll take a break. Top of the hour update is on the way. Hey, still to come before 10. You know who's coming to CTC? Just announced KISS. We got beat the box office tickets to see KISS. Tickets are going to go on sale Friday. You're going to get an opportunity every day this week win a pair of Beat the Box Office tickets to see KISS in concert November 21st uh, at Canadian Tire Centre. So that's coming up next hour. Another code word, uh, and we'll play Sense or Sensibility along with a visit with our Sense analyst, Jamie Baker. All coming up on this Sense Game Day Monday. You're listening to Sports Radio, TSN 1200.